Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laughing, yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh of the Work Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. This is episode number 88. And this week's guest is producer and drummer, Daru Jones. Most known as a drummer for the likes of Detroit hip-hop artist Black Milk or the megastar Jack White, Daru Jones has been one of the go-to drummers in the music industry playing for a who's who of hip-hop artists. Even playing on Nas's Illmatic performance at the Kennedy Center with the National Symphony Orchestra. Residing in between Brooklyn and Nashville, Daru Jones' talents have earned him global respect throughout the music industry. During our interview, we talked about how it is performing with Black Milk and Jack White, what it takes to be a drummer that works with so many artists, and his upcoming projects including the band DMD, alongside guitar Wonderkin. Marcus Machado and legendary living color bassist Doug Wimbish. So let's get into the interview with Daru Jones. I th- yeah, we we've known each other for a long time, like from back in the days when I was doing uh, the Renaissance Soul website. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I remember you used to like send me uh, your music that you're doing, the stuff that you were doing with your sister. Yep. Yeah. How's your sister doing? She's doing good. She's doing good. Um maintaining you know all is all is well we um i just sent her some i just sent her a track yesterday that i'm that i'm working on um with tony ozier i don't know if you know who he is tony ozier oh yeah i know him yeah 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 so i know from the drill of funk mob days yeah man so (laughs) we we got we cooking up something and we sent her a track to get on so yeah she's good right no the one the one thing cool about um that i definitely want to talk to you about is uh-huh. Probably the last time I actually saw you perform was um, you were on tour with Jack White, and you yeah. guys played at yeah. the uh, Masonic Temple in Detroit. What was 
what was so cool about that is that the way you guys were set up on stage, you weren't mm -hmm. back center, you know, like most drummers in a band are. Right. You were you were up front, like kind of towards the side, and it was almost mm -hmm. like that you and Jack were almost like the center of attention. And the thing is, I'm watching you, and you're getting down, and I'm almost not even paying attention to anything Jack White's doing. I'm like just more mesmer mesmerized by what you're doing, you know? Like, what was the idea of having that sort of stage set up um, during that time and having such a, you know, having you highlighted so much on stage? Okay, so as you know, Jack's background, when he started with the White Stripes, he was just two two piece band, him and Meg. That's how they set up, you know, yeah. just drums and guitar. So basically, Jack is a drummer as well, and he wanted to kind of keep that vibe because he said right. he plays to the drummer, you know, when we first started rehearsing, and, and he said that he, he wanted to highlight the drummers. He, he spoke about that, what you're talking about right now, like the drummer always being in the back and not really get. get you know, getting shine, but it was like, you know, in my, for this situation, I want the drummer, you know, to be seen and be in the forefront because the drummer's role in the band is always very, very important. We're the backbone, you know what I'm saying? We can either make or break your gig, you know what I'm saying? So you can have a good keyboardist, a good everything else, but if your drummer's not, you know what I'm saying, not up to part, you know, they can make or break your whole, your whole band. So it was important. That was, that was a whole vibe. Jack wanted to, you know, make sure the drummer, you know, was, was highlighted and seen. And um, he's a drummer as well. So, right. he, and he said, he, and he said he plays to the drummer. doesn't matter who's around. He, that's, that's who we get his energy and vibe off of. So that's, that's, that's how that, that's, that was the vibe of that. Yeah. Right. How did you get, how did you first get linked up with Jack? Okay. I got linked up with Jack um, through working with Black Milk. Yeah. Okay. Detroit native. Um, um, rapper and producer, um, and I was playing with Black Milk's touring band since 2008. Who are incredible. Thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> I forgot what album that was, I think it was... Was, was that it, album of the year? Nope, it was the album before that. Oh, um, uh, um, Tronic. Tronic, yeah, it was yeah. for the Tronic. So when the Tronic, you know, album came out, um, I remember, um, I was living in New York at the time, I remember Hex murdering, and Black was like, yeah, we're gonna be, you know, doing the album release, I think at wasn't that Fat Beats? It was at Southpaw, okay. which is um, which is a prime venue in Brooklyn where they close. Anyway, Black wanted to add, you know, um, you know, a band, and I, I I started working with Black through Slum. I used to play with Slum Village. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't want to get off the question. <laughs> so basically, um, when Album of the Year came out, you know, I played on that on that record. Um, I heard that, you know, Jack White is a hip hop head. You know, what I'm saying he he. he before we go on stage, we're listening to like Wu Tang Clan and all. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bugged out, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, Jack has a label on Nashville called Thurman Records, and they were putting out these collaboration EPs with two songs. And anyway, I heard that Jack White got a hold to, to, to the album of the year. It's a song on there called Deadly Medley, has a rock and roll sample. And I think Jack got excited and he rushed out to um, Black's management, which was Hex Murder at the time. Yeah. And it was, yo, I want to do something with Black. And, um, you know, how can you make this happen? So he invited, you know, he invited Black to come to Nashville. He, he actually offered his own musicians, but Black was like, no, nah, I got my, I got my crew that I rock with already. Like, I'm, I want to bring my band that I toured with, which I was part of that band. We, we, we came to Nashville. We did a session. We recorded the two, we recorded, well, we recorded um, Brain, and, and they had already recorded another track earlier that morning. Um, and then... This, the following day, we, we performed at Jack White's Third Man Records, which is like an all-in-one um, facilities. They have a performance space area. 
which is crazy. And um, yeah, they released that. Uh, that was an incredible. That was an incredible live recording because they released that on vinyl. And and I think that's like to me that's one of my favorite pieces of like of uh, Black Milk's discography is that live at Third Man uh, performance. Yeah, it was crazy because I remember you know there's a song in that set called Losing Out, and I have a drum solo on that particular song. And um, I never forget it. You know, we played we played that song, and Jack was in the back of the room. And after my drum solo, and after the song was over, Jack comes all the way to the front of the stage. He was like, "Yeah." So obviously, evidently, I did some that impressed him. <laughs> <laughs> I went back to New York, and um, a couple couple months later, after that, um, Jack's people reached out to me and said he was working with RZA from Wu Tang Clan, and um, he asked if I would could play drums on that collaboration um, um, single. So that's that's pretty much my introduction to to you know to to Jack. I mean, there's more to the story, but. Just to answer that part of the question, yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, you touched on, you know, working with Black Milk. And to me, whether you are involved in his uh, live uh, performances or not, because there have been other um, um, drummers that spilled in, you know, afterwards, you were a part of it at um, one particular time. How was mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, working with uh, Black Milk and sort of building that, you know, when he was building that band together? Because to me, Black Milk's live set is mm-hmm. one of the best, if not you know, top of hip hop, you know, wow. still today, you know, that's a, that's a big statement, but I, I'm, I'm thankful that I was able to, you know, be a part of Black's first touring live band. Um, basically, um, like I said, when I was touring with Slum Village, uh, this is the same year when Dilla passed 2006. And at the end of the year, Slum, you know, they wanted to, you know, add a live band. So in some of the shows, Black would open up like we did Blind Pig, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Black, open up for us and and then um when some when the slum thing slowed down black was like if i ever if i ever got a live band i want to use y'all you know what i'm saying so <laughs> well, he got originally it was just me and ab me and ab yeah. um he bought us um from cleveland but he lives in dc and um so that's how that started me and ab he brought me and ab in to do the tronic release show and um eventually we added a bass player but for that first, for that first, I think for the first year or two, it was just me and Ab and Hex. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, it was cool because um, it was different. You know, um, you know, Black wanted to play certain festivals in Europe, and to play certain festivals in Europe, you need to have a live band. Yes. So that was that was another reason why he wanted to add the live band to a scenario. And you know, I mean, I've been doing the live drumming thing with hip hop, you know, you know, for for some time at least. I want to say for over 10, more than, more than 10 years, I've been like the hip hop, you know, drummer outside of Questlove, you know, in the roots, right. been doing thing. But, you know, once I got into to the New York scene at that time, you know, I just became like on demand, the guy, you know, to play, to play with the artist. But yeah, that's, yeah, you're that's the man. <laughs> how that started. It was, it was dope because we took, we were able to bring the live element and take his production work to like another level. And through that, Black was like, well, when I record my next album, which was album of the year, I want to use y'all, you know, I want to use y'all on the record. I never forget um, going to, you know, to the D and working with Black for like three days and we just banging joints out, which he, which he used um, a couple of songs from, for the Random Acts Project. I don't yeah. know if you know that. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's, that was pretty much that, ex- that, that experience, you know, working with Black. Yeah. I think sometimes when a hip hop MC 
you know, wants to incorporate the live band into their uh, live shows or even the recordings, that they, mm-hmm. they might not be, they might not understand what they're getting into, and it might be a hard transition. You know, how do you, you know, as being somebody that was in demand, how do you go about helping sort of that process to making mm-hmm. it where, you know, the MC can perform seamlessly with a live band? That's a really good question. I know for me, what helped me out is I'm a producer as well. So that right there gave me the insight on what would work for this song. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, I know the hip hop live band thing is changing nowadays. You have a lot more of the artists with the backing bands where a lot of the musicians may have that church background where it's about I'm using a lot of fields. But the school where I come from, I come from, you know, playing my part, enhancing the music, not overplaying, but just adding, you know what I'm saying? So that, that that's a really good question. I think um, just trying to tr- trying to keep the original integri- integrity of their record, you know what I'm saying, and just enhance it by adding the live drums on top versus putting too much. And I think that's that's been a help to my career, you know, and why you know I feel like I may have gotten a couple more jobs because people know that I'm going to pay attention and learn and learn the learn the breaks just like the record. You know what I'm saying? It's very important. That's very important to me. So. You know, I mean, I, I do find my own areas where I can add my sauce in, but for the most part, that's what helped my, by me being a producer, helped my mindset on, okay, this is what he played. Let me try to replicate that. You know what I'm saying? And then add um, little spices here and there. But yeah, that, does that answer your question? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, cool. you, earlier, you were, you know, mentioning how, like, during the time performing with Jack, that, mm-hmm. you know, how that the, the drummer is sort of the backbone of everything. Um, and you've definitely um, worked with some big names uh, uh, throughout the years. Uh, name some of those big names that you've actually, you know, been able to perform with. Okay. Um, so at the time, I went from, I think the, 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 the same time when I started working with Black on the live, on the live tip, um, I started working with Talib Kweli. Okay. And he had, a, he had a new group called Idol Worship. It was him and Reese from right. Philly, and another another member. Um, Dang, um, I forgot the from Toronto. Um, um, I it's on the tip of my tongue too. I know exactly who you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame that I, because he was just here in Nashville, not recently, but kind of recently. Um, Graf, 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 no. Yes. Guess. They had they had a group called Ida Worship, and I remember getting a recommendation from a good friend, Ray Angry. He plays with the Roots keyboard player. He's the other keyboard player that they use, and um, I remember um, you know, I started playing with Ida Worship. They had it was like a, it wasn't even a hip hop group. It was they would, top quality. He was doing something different, more on a pop. He was still rap, but it was more like on a pop, like um, pop old school with little rap. And then eventually, through that, I started playing with Tyler Quali as a solo artist. You know what I'm saying? He brought me out and hired me as a music director, which I put the band together. Outside of Quali, I started. You know, um, I got a chance to play with Nas. Um, actually, on, on on the record that just came out for Record Store Day was um, Illmatic Anniversary. I don't know if it's the 20th, 25th year, 20th. Anyway, we, that album just came out. I played with Nas. Um, I got to work with, you know, Pharrell Munch. I mean, my I'm I like let me see. At, at one at one at one point in time, too, during the same, um, the same time when I was working with with Black and Talib, I was working with Ski Beats. Yeah. He's producer um, that produced Jay Z's first record and a lot of hits. Camp Low, um, 
we played in the house band um, when Dame Dash formed, um, was it Blue, yeah, Blue Rock? He had the Dojo, DD-172, and we played in the house band um, with Ski B. So all the projects that they were producing from Currency, 24-Hour um, Karate School, there were some other projects that I were not involved with, but we was a house band, you know what I'm saying, for Stiley, everybody that was around. So the, the Blue Rock was like the next generation of like, um, what was what was the first... What was the first one? Jay Z and Kanye West. What what did they call that? Oh, right. Rockefeller, Rockefeller, Rockefeller. Right. So this was like the next the next phase of Rockefeller, but a, like like the next generation. So I was thankful that I was a part of that and that that you know we had a good run, we had a good run with that. And then um, Black Moon. <laughs> I mean the list goes on. A lot of, a lot of a lot of some of my favorite um, artists that I grew up on. I'm, I'm thankful that I was now given the opportunity. It's, it was a dream you know, for me to be able to back them because I always like, man, by me not being a producer, I was like, man, if I if I can, if I only had an opportunity to play with these artists, I, I know exactly what they need. So it was definitely, definitely, definitely a blessing. Definitely a blessing. You know, I played with Gene Gray and um my mind my 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 mind is drawing a blank right now. But yeah, I've gotten a chance to work with some amazing, amazing and legendary talented artists. Yeah. Why, why were you able to, you know, sort of be that much in demand? You know, what is, you know, some sort of advice that you would give to somebody listening to this podcast right now to, you know, make yourself as a, you know, as a musician to be in demand in that sort of way? Um, be nice, be on time, be a team player, and um, just recognize that it's not about you at the end of the day. It's about making everybody sound good. Right. Yeah. And recently, yeah. And like you mentioned before, it just came out on Record Store Day. You had the, um, the Nas uh, Illmatic at the Kennedy Center in, um, in D.C. You know, how is that experience? Because I, I see you in the I see you in the, uh, the, the, the gatefold and everything. Your, your pictures right there, you know, playing right alongside Nas. It's cr- looks crazy, man. Man, it's just, I'm still bugged out by, it. you know, just growing up <laughs> as a youth, you know, being a fan of that record. It, it was it was surreal. Um, yeah, it, that, that was a different experience for me because I had, that was my first time, um, playing with an orchestra. So it was, it's a lot of rules and a lot, a lot of moving parts. And, um, it was, it was a little challenging to be honest. It was a little challenging, you know what I'm saying? Because, um, everything has to be precise and you watching the, the, um, the constructor director, it's a whole, you know, it was definitely a challenge, but at the same time, um, you know, outside of those challenges, it was still a great opportunity. You know, um, Derek Hodge, you know, brought me in. You know, um, you know Derek Hodge from the Robert Glasper experiment. Okay. The bassist, you know what I'm saying? He's one of our, you know, one of the best bass players out there, you know, in our in our current, you know, generation. Um, Derek Hodge and um, also worked with um, Travis Sales was on, the, was on the bandstand keys. Incredible, incredible talent. And then we, we had Green Lantern. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a dream. It was definitely a dream come true, you know, and, um, I'm just thankful that I was able to be a part of that. That was a big, such a big deal, you know, in my discography, (laughs) discography. (laughs) (laughs) How much preparation did go into making that performance work? Um, we only did two days, two days, two days of rehearsal. Now she rehearsed, you know, we had band rehearsal first with the orchestra and then um, for a certain part of the day and then the other part of the day, we, we um, Nas came and rehearsed with us. So, you know, what was challenging for me was to, you know, playing with orchestra, everything is really um, dynamic. So 
I'm thinking hip hop. I want to. I'm going to go in and play loud. You know what I'm saying? Like how I normally do. This was told the total opposite. <laughs> and that was. It was kind of. It was kind of frustrating to me because it was like, man, I know these the producers that produce these beats like Premier and it's hard body. You know what I'm saying? Hardcore. So how how am I going to to still have that same aggression and play at a very low dynamic? And I had to almost on some some records, some songs play with these like hot rod, brushy type of sticks. And I was like, man, I made it work, you know what I'm saying? And um, but you know, we 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 made it, we made it do what it do. I knew the records anyway, so um for the most part, I'm just thankful to be a part of it. Yeah. What was your feeling yeah. like, you know, when you were actually when when it was actually happening, you know, you're actually going through uh performing this legendary album. In, in this sort of really different setting for an album like that to be performed. You know, how were you feeling while it was happening? Yeah, it was bugged out. Another another thing that kind of put pressure on it, you know, they had the cameras. They were, they were filming <laughs> right. for the first day, and I was like, I wish they had a film both days because for me, my performance, I felt was very, on the second night of the thing was like, I was like, whatever, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play loud. You know what I'm saying? I, I did get into the mode, but I, I think that was my better performance. But anyway, um, both nights were legendary. It was, it was, you know, when the pressure is on, I kind of like being under that type of um, energy, and I just I step up to the plate. Um, it was, it was dope. It was dope. it was the energy in the room. It was, it was packed, and um, it was, it was, it was. Um, it was an experience. It was an experience, you know. Definitely go down, go down in the books for sure. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. are you? Uh, what are you currently working on these days? Oh man, got a lot of things. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with. Um, so, um, one of the projects I'm working on is a trio project, collaboration project, with myself, um, Marcus Machado from New York, and a good friend of ours, Doug Wimbish from Living Color. Okay. We have um he's the basis and we have a trio project called DMD, which which are which is our initials. You know, D is for Daru, M is for Marcus, and D the last is for Doug. Um yeah, we have a we have an album that's finished, but we're going back and tweaking some things on it. We got some other ideas, so we're tweaking some things on it. We released a single last year through um Music Records, which is my my um, independent label imprint. Um another project um that I'm that I'm excited to be a part of is P Rock and the Soul Brothers. Oh, <laughs> which P Rock is a legendary producer, MC, and um, he's definitely one of my heroes. And I'm 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 honored and grateful that you know. Um, first, first I want to talk about. Um, I, I had the opportunity to work with Pete Rock and Smoke Dizzy. They had a record that came out called "Don't Smoke Rock." Okay, and that's yeah. how I built my relationship with Pete from then. You know, um, I was hired in to 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 get the musicians to replay the samples because they were having problem with clearing samples. So. You know, I hired the Royal Pharaohs, which was um, um, the band that we used for for a singing artist named Jamie Liddell. I don't know if you heard of Jamie Liddell. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so so we were the we were the backing band for Jamie Liddell. I heard I hired the same, this you know, pretty much the same ensemble to do this this the Pete Rock and Smoke Dizzle album. So anyway, this um, went to went to jazz festival um, that happens once a year in New York was coming around, and Pete wanted to add a live band, and you know. He, you know, we had a we had a good working reputation from that, and got some recommendations from other people. So we got that formed. I was hired in to be the music director, so I, you know, I gave a recommendation for the musician who I thought, and then Pete had some recommendations of people that he wanted, 
like Mono Neon was 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 a request. Right. Um, and yeah, that's I'm excited about that project. We we I think we, we perform at least uh, like three shows, and we have um like a pregame something coming out soon. Um, just to kind of set up, and then we're working on it. We're working on the LP, and so look out for that. Um, another project besides what was that? Um, oh, that that just came out was the Arian Fien, um, Arian Foster. You may know him. He's a foot. He was an ex football player. You know, known Fino. Okay. Um, he just released the album that I played on. It just <laughs> came out. Yes, it just came out yesterday. So, 2018 has been <laughs> it's been a crazy for releases you know like I, I think this is like my fifth my fifth my fourth or fifth release this year right um also was on jack white's album that just dropped which i didn't even know i was a part i didn't even know i had no idea i was gonna even be on that album <laughs> <laughs> it's bugged out i was in europe last year and during the summertime touring with jamie Liddell. And then um i remember, remember seeing photos on the internet that jack had you know went and recorded with two different lineups, you know, lineup in New York and the lineup in LA. So I'm thinking in my mind, I, right, you know, I know he likes to switch things up. So I just didn't, I didn't think I was only going to be, be a part of the band, but then I get, you know, um, email, or, um, I got, um, email blast, something I got in it, in it, and it was the promo for Jack's album coming out. And I saw my name, like, what? I'm like, That's what's up? <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll take you. Like, oh, fuck it. All right, cool. Yeah, so that album, like I said, Aaron Fino's album just came, I mean, um, Fino's album just came out yesterday, and I played on that. We recorded that in Nashville, um, and I'm glad it's finally seeing the light. So check that out. And yeah, that's pretty much, I have some other projects too in the works, but I can't really, really talk on um, right now. I do want to eventually, you know, do my record, (laughs) official record. (laughs) Right. Working on little bits and pieces, but. Yeah. Yep. You've been someone who's like worked with so many different artists from different realms, a lot of uh, hip hop artists from different generations of hip hop. Hip hop has, mm-hmm. you know, at times had a lot of problems with sort of, you know, that transition from one generation to another and the younger mm-hmm. artists respecting or even having knowledge of the previous generation. You know, what's your thoughts about that? And, you know, what, what is like, what is your advice to any sort of young artist in regards to, you know, knowing the history and having respect for the previous mm-hmm. generations of not only hip hop artists, just music in general? Yes, yeah, that's, that's a really good question. You definitely gotta 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 learn your roots. Well, I just want to speak from the hip hop world. It's crazy because I feel like it's, it's hip hop is coming back around. It's making a full circle. You know, what I'm saying it's going back to that, like the beginnings. Or a little bit past the beginnings where like like the nineties, I feel like the nineties nineties vibes coming back, that whole jazzy sound. Yeah. A lot of a lot of a lot of artists are adding live instrumentation on the albums, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's a good look. Um it's definitely important, you know, to to learn the roots and how it all started. Um from just with the DJ, you know, looping up a break, you know what I'm saying, in a certain in a certain part of of, of a classic James Brown record, or you know, God, that's the that's the essence, you know what I'm saying? And 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 just looping that thing around and MCs rapping over it. And from what I was told, um, really from from a hip hop standpoint, the producer and DJs were really supposed to be the highlight 
the rappers were just supposed to be the hype man. Oh yeah, this, yeah, so, that was that was the, that was the origins, man. The that was, that the, the, the MCs story. were just the hype man. They would just be like, "Yo, DJ on the what, you know, whatever, man." <laughs> so you know, I'm I'm glad it's going back, you know, to the music. You know, what I'm saying about you know, but at the same time, it, you know, hip hop has definitely grown. Now you have your different styles of hip hop. You know, you have your southern, you have your trap. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's that's cool. That's that's a cool that's a cool look. But I'm glad now that like that certain like live vibe is coming back into the mainstream. You know what I'm saying? Which which I've been missing, been missing because that's the world that I'm in. Um, I would just say for for um, any musicians or 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 anybody that's in general, it's nothing wrong with um, checking out a, a genre that you never heard of and just trying to f- see if you can find something that you can like about it. Whether it be the lyrics, whether it can be the the message, the beat, you know what I'm saying? Because it's 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 you know we're all different people, you know what I'm saying? Right. So music is similar to like you know us as human beings, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just you can't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to check it out, you know what I'm saying? And maybe you might be like, okay, I never thought I would like jazz, but now you know I got a different because that's that's what I like about hip hop too because it's a it's an educator. Especially when you talk about samples, you oh, know what I'm of saying? Course. So yeah, no, like people don't even have no idea that they listening to these records and they like, man, that joint is dope. But they don't even know once they find out where it came from. They're like, oh man. So it kind of brings it kind of brings a knowledge and educate Kate them on both of those worlds. Like, oh, that's where they got that from. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. Now the old heads or the people that constructed where the samples came from, they can be like, oh okay, I you know it's it's like a it's like a um. What's what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's definitely edu- it's, it's it's definitely educating all the you know the worlds together. But um, it's a happy median. Yeah. I can't think of the word I'm saying, but you know you get the gist of what I'm what I'm what, what I'm what I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know you gotta get out here in a few. Um, so I wanna like uh you know end this uh conversation, but with a question that I always ask in all of my interviews. You know, who is somebody that's been a part of your life or career that I could realistically interview that would have good stories to tell? That's a good question. Um, Doug Wimbish. Okay. From Living Colored. Doug is like 60 or 60, early 60s. And he, Doug, you got you to gotta know that Doug was in a Sugar Hill game. Okay. So he was around in the beginning. Like when rappers delight, he was a part of that era. Like in the, you know, so he saw, he seen a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And we actually just did something at Sweetwater with DMD featuring Amp Fittler from the D. Um, we did something like a master class where um, people, people, you know, it was a class watching us um, record live in the studio and just watched us set up, okay. ask us questions and just watch the whole thing. So. You know, during that, Doug, you know, he had some really cool stories that he was telling us, and it just wouldn't, he just seen a lot of stuff, you know, talking about the pimp era, like, he was around when people, you know, guns, he was, you know, he was just around from doing that grimy era when drugs came, you know, the drug was a drug epidemic, you know, he was around, he saw a lot of that stuff, so he just saw, you know, how music was shaped and, and a lot of different vibes, and so that's why I'm thankful, you know, to even work with him in this scenario because this is like the wisdom that he's sharing and he's just he's seasoned you know what i'm saying like he's seasoned and and and, and 
Doug is he's he's the past, present, and the future. His sound, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you know look seen his setup, but he's like, dang. I mean, he's just the best of those, you know what I'm saying? From a funk disco to hip hop, you know, he just he, he, he can do it. He can do it all. So that's somebody I think that would be a good educate, you know, educator, you know, to the hip hop and other other genres as well. Other right. genres. Yeah. No, yeah. I would, oh, I'd love to. I would love to talk with him. That would be great. That would be great. All right, man. It's been great talking with you, man. You're a lo- longtime friend of mine. We've known each other for a long time. It's been great to, uh, it's been great to uh, re- you know, get in touch with you again. Um, anybody that wants to check out what you're doing, find out about your music or anything, follow you online, where can they uh, find you online? Okay, you can, you can find me at www.rusicrecords.com. That's rusicrecords.com. And um, my website is, is um, down for maintenance right now, but you can find me on all the socials at my name, D-A-R-U Jones, Daru Jones. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that stuff, you know, just type in my name and you can you can keep up. Instagram is pretty much the latest 411, you know. Um, I'm very overwhelmed right now with a lot of things and that's 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 the um that's the social network channel that I use to keep, you know, that's what's current, what's happening like Yeah, you have a lot of good shit on uh, on your Instagram. I appreciate <laughs> it, man. I mean, it's got to keep the streets fed, you feel me? <laughs> You know, these streets want to want to want to stay fed, and it's not easy. You know, having fresh content. You know, what I'm saying I, I use my social networks like a diary. You know, what I'm saying, and that's what I use it for to hopefully inspire and also show people this is you know you can do it too. You know, everybody uses social networks for different reasons, but I use I use mine to to inspire and also um, you know to to show people like anybody can do. Like I won't say anybody can do this, but you know, if you have a passion and drive, you know, this, you know, you can document it and you can also look back and, and, and watch your growth and encourage yourself when you have a down day. You'd be like, oh man, look back on my feet. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. All right, man. It's been great talking with you, man. Thank you. Yeah. I want to speak to you like, um, I'm currently, I'm currently residing in Nashville. I moved up from Brooklyn, New York. Oh yeah, and this, is, this is where I've been. I'm going back and forth on a regular basis, and it's been cool. You know, just um, one of my goals that I wanted to do was just expand outside of the genres that people know me, know me, you know, that I'm known for. You know, I've done like in New York, I've done a lot of hip hop. You know, so I was playing with John B, and you know, I wanted to expand. Once I started working with Jack, I was like, man, this is a whole nother world oh. that I ain't, I ain't even, I want to, you know, what I'm saying, I want to check out. So. That was one of my goals, moving to Nashville to to get into country, you know what I'm saying, which I've done some country sessions, done some more rock sessions. So I, I like expanding. I don't like being in the box. You know, I wanted to be like a um, a genre, genre bending drummer where you can place me in any scenario. Just like my heroes I look up to, you know, I wanted to, you know, you know, follow that. And, 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 and yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you've always been more... You've impressed me more than oh than most drummers I see. And I know you can always do whatever you want. You're definitely genreless, genre bending, genre Man, whatever. I appreciate it. I'm I'm still learning though. You know, I'm still learning, you know. Right. I mean It's always good I, to be a, a an always a student, you know, forever a student. Yeah, yeah, you know what's what's another thing too, like just trying to find my voice. That's been that's always yes. been my journey. 
you know, because for years, like when we come up, when we, when we start our thing, we want to emulate our heroes, you know what I'm saying? But at some point in your career, you know, I know I wanted to find my own lane and find my own voice. So that's been, that's been my goal. And I feel like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm fine tuning and I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> it's almost there. You know, you're feeling it. Yeah. So that's, I think that's important and that's what's going to keep the game fresh because there's too many people out there just carbon copying, you know what I'm saying? Like it's mm-hmm. easy to, to do that, but you know, um, yeah, just want to, you know, find your lane and, and stick with it. Keep doing it until, until it comes in, until it comes in style. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> of course. Just do it, man. Just do it. Yeah. Jay Dillers is definitely, definitely an example of that. You know, he was ahead of the game and, you know, he done, he was making tracks. People may not have understood what he was doing at the time, you know what I'm saying? But it's crazy. Like stuff that he produced like, like years back is still current for today. Right. Still sounding like, oh, this is something that this is so, it's still not ahead. It's still ahead of its time. It was exactly. made 15, so, 20 years ago. Still ahead of its time. Exactly. That's that's what I. That's the part. That's that's what I want to contribute contribute to the game. You know. That's that's the mark that I want to leave. Well, know, I definitely so. feel like you're you're on that track, if not already there. You know. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. But I want, definitely gotta. You know. I want to continue to pay respect to my elders. You know. what I'm saying there's a lot of people out there. Big shout. I want to say this. Big shout to Questlove, you know, being an advocate for putting the drummer back in the forefront. Yes. You know, and he's definitely the advocate, you know, big up to the roots, you know what I'm saying, you know, maintaining and being an example of just having a band that can be together for that long, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, big big shouts to that. And other other drummers that are putting the, the putting us back at the forefront. We're not the, you know what I'm saying? Like, for years, you know, drummers, we got the low end of the stick. You know what I'm saying? You know, a lot of those... James Brown records, like I was, got had the opportunity to meet Clyde Stubblefield. Yeah. Rest in peace, you know, and um, he, he told me some stories about, you know, how things were, you know, back in the days, and sometimes the drummers, we got the low end of the stick, you know, pe- you know, so it was just, we can, like I said, we can make or break your, your gig, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, you got a lot of power back there, you know. Some respect on that name, you feel me? <laughs> but at the same time, too, we got to also be humble, we, you know, just because, you know, we're in these positions, we got to still remain humble because it's, um, the, in, the the industry is saturated, you know what I'm saying? So that's what you think is just some little 14-year-old or some little 10-year-old that can crack your neck, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and take your gig, so... You got to make sure you be humble, be nice to people, you know, build a rapport, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and just be thankful and, um, yeah, show love, keep it moving. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A lot of great advice. You said a lot of great stories. Thank, Thank you, you for, uh, you know, being on the podcast. Uh, good. Thanks for having me. And I'm looking forward to checking it out. Be safe and much love, much love. My, my guy. Salute. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. All right, for sure. So that was my interview with Daru Jones. It was always great to speak to the brother. I've known him for a long time. Now on to this week's Fresh Pick of the Week. This week's pick is the new instrumental beat album, The Snake Pit, from Detroit producer Foulmouth. For those of us who know Foulmouth, he eats, drinks, and breathes making beats. And The Snake Pit is another in his already long list of quality projects. Recently produced in the entire Lars, the last American Rockstars project, from fellow Detroiters Bizarre and King Gordy, Foulmouth has become a staple of Detroit with his hard-hitting sample-based beats, 
in the snake pit will not disappoint. So definitely go pick up the snake pit from Foulmouth. It's out now. All the links to uh, to uh, purchase the album and follow Foulmouth online are on the show notes for this podcast at freshesthepodcast.com. So that's it for another episode of Fresh is the Word. And before we get out of here, uh, just a reminder how you can support the podcast. You can always go to freshesthepodcast.com and share any links that you see on the website on any of your social media platforms. You can subscribe to Fresh is the Word on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Google Play, and TuneIn. Just search Fresh is the Word and it'll come up. And if you can, especially on Apple Podcasts, rate and review it. Five stars would be great, and that would definitely help out the show. And if I do see that you've, uh, you've left something, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. And you can follow me online on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly Omega Fresh, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash kfresh. And you can follow Fresh is the Word on all the social media, on uh, Twitter at FITW Podcast, and Instagram at Fresh is the Word Podcast, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Brushes the podcast and on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash brushes the word podcast. Thank you for listening. It's another episode in the books. Thanks again. See you next week. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.